Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, we are back with the afternoon edition here on a Wednesday in the Northland, 610 KDAL Radio. And oh, by the way, this weekend, Valentine's Day coming up. You know what? If you haven't taken care of anything for your significant other yet, I am going to recommend that little candy shop over in Superior, Wisconsin. Not really so little. Actually, it's a pretty big candy shop. Right on Tower Avenue, Sweden Sweets. They specialize in homemade chocolate fudge candy. They also have an ice cream bar with their own homemade ice cream and waffle cones. They've got some Valentine, two Valentine's Day specials. First of all, if you call them up, well, they've actually got three. You can call them up and tell them you want a bunch of chocolate-covered strawberries. They'll put them together just about in any quantity for you. Or tell them you want some heart-shaped hot chocolate bombs. Drop them into hot chocolate or into into milk or water, and they explode into the most beautiful chocolate. Uh, just so good. They've also got pre-ordered boxes that you can pre-make ahead of time if your girlfriend or wife or significant other uh, likes a certain kind of candy. They'll make them up ahead of time. They've got sodas, and they've got popcorn, freeze-dried candy. They've got chocolates. They've got just about anything you can think of. Wide selection of old-time and nostalgic candy, as well as many of the current favorites. And they got root beer on draft. If you want to make a root beer float, boy, take some of that homemade ice cream and mix it with their homemade root beer. you got a great root beer float. You can watch many of the fudges and chocolate being made right through their giant windows in their kitchen. They're open Tuesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Sunday from noon to 5. Delivery options are available as well if you want to call them up. Have chocolates delivered to your girlfriend or wife at work. Call the store at 715-718-0713. That's 715-718-0713 to learn all about it or just visit them over at 601 Tower Avenue in Superior, Wisconsin. Sweden Sweets, the sweetest place for Valentine's Day. Hey, Bradley. Well, yes, sir. I'm uh, a bit stunned at something Uh-oh. that I'm seeing here right now. Do we have okay. uh, Do we have somebody that's going to be on today or is that Friday? Um Friday, oh, Friday we have. Friday. Uh, yeah, yes, correct. Okay. Why? What are you seeing? Um, just well, what I'm seeing here is I was notified uh, by a listener about the election results, the primary results in Nevada, and I had to ask. <laughs> I had to ask. I said, "Is this real?" And he said, "Yes." It was Corey oh, from the real. range. Yeah, Corey yeah. from the range, and I do appreciate that because I I was oblivious. I just wasn't on on the ball on this. Joe Biden won on the Democrat ticket, uh, 89%. But none of the the above or none of these candidates beat. Beat Nikki Haley. (laughs) 63%. None of these candidates. 30% Nikki Haley. Is this it for her? Is this the nail in the coffin? Well, no, not necessarily, Kenny. Let me explain what happened here. I we talked about it yesterday, but I you were on the phone with so many people calling and stuff, and you probably didn't hear it. Nevada does two; uh, they have a primary, and then they have caucuses tomorrow, Thursday. Thursday, they're going to have a caucus structure, and they have a primary. 
But here's how it works in Nevada. If you are in the primary, which they did yesterday, you can't be at the caucus. So Donald Trump has said, I'm not going, I'm not going in the primary because the primary doesn't award any delegates anyway. The only delegates get awarded at the caucuses Thursday. So Trump said, I'm going to hold off on the primary, let Nikki Haley have that, uh, because there, she'll be on the ballot there as, as well as a few minor. In fact, I think the only other two candidates, if I remember right, that were on on that primary ballot were Mike Pence and Senator Tim Scott, and they both already withdrawn from the race. So, yeah, but but you're absolutely right, or Corey is, none of the above, none of these candidates got more votes than Nikki Haley did. But Nikki Haley had decided that she wasn't going to win in Nevada, so she didn't even spend any money there at all. And Donald Trump is going to walk out of Nevada with all of the delegates, which I think is, uh, I think it's 26 delegates, if I remember right. Um, I'm looking here. The candidates who participate in Tuesday's primary are ineligible to participate in Thursday's uh, uh, caucuses, uh, eligible to earn any of the state's delegates. Um, I think it's 26, if I remember right, that Donald Trump will walk out of. But, but yeah, it's pretty embarrassing for Nikki Haley to well, lose to none of the above. Yeah, I mean, the percentages are 63 to 30. But when you look at the votes that were cast, uh, 43,893, so almost 44,000 actual voters said none of the above to, right. the, to the 21,199 for Nikki. Yeah, you know, it it is an it has to be an embarrassment to her psyche if nothing else to lose uh, you know almost 2 to 1 to none of these candidates. Uh, well, this has almost become I don't want to say a sideshow, but in some way it has, Brad. Donald Trump has left led in these polls from day 1. Yeah. And when oh, you yeah. when you look at the polls, it's it's kind of a remarkable to see um, that Joe, uh, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. Donald Trump is ahead, barely, one to two percentage points, okay? Yeah. Joe Biden versus Donald Trump versus Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Donald Trump wins. Now, these are this is recent polling, uh, January 31st, yeah. February 5th. Joe Biden versus Donald Trump versus uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. versus Cornell West. Donald Trump wins. So he's winning in all these categories. Joe Biden versus Nikki Haley. Oddly enough, Nikki Haley beats Joe Biden one-on-one. By a wider margin, yes. <laughs> a little bit. You're right, you're right. And then Kamala Harris versus Donald Trump. Donald Trump does win. Not, well, yeah, about uh, 5%. But uh, this is amazing what you know it's it's interesting uh, because if you're a voter in nevada you can vote in both the primary and the caucus but if you're a candidate in nevada you can only participate in either one or the other so that's why donald trump decided i'm not going to be in the primary i can't get any any delegates out of that anyway and so i'll let nikki haley have that but as you said the the primary it had to be a humiliating blow 
to her to uh, be the only well, Republican presidential candidate still in the race on the ballot and couldn't muster enough support yeah. to beat none of these candidates. I think we should see what Tom has to say about this. Maybe he's got some other thoughts. But my thought, my final thought on this is that uh, Nikki Haley, as long as she continues to have money and backing, why not continue in the race? Well, she's going to do it to a certain point. I think she's looking at uh, South Carolina, where she was the governor, but the numbers don't look any better for her there, to be honest. So, and at some point when they start getting into even bigger southern states, you know, Georgia, uh, you know, Florida, those places, Texas, she's not uh, looking to do very well. So she's going to have some real decisions to make. And she had said early on when she was asked, are you interested at all in being uh, Donald Trump's running mate? She said, no. Well, that, then then maybe that's the way it's going to end up to be. So, And in fact, they're saying right now that there's a couple of people leading uh, the potential candidates for his vice presidency. Tim Scott is one of them. You know, he could do a lot with Tim Scott as his running mate. And the other one is this, uh, well, there's two women. One of them is a congresswoman from New York. I forget her name right now. And the other one is the senator, or the not the senator, but the governor of South Carolina, South Dakota. And uh, Trump likes both of them as well. So anyway, let's go to Tom from Port Wing, see what's on his radar this morning, uh, this afternoon, actually. Tom, how are you doing? What Did, was, did this surprise you at all in Nevada, or is that pretty much what you thought was going to happen? Oh, I, I think it's uh, absolutely horrible for her. Brad, the only way it could be worse, losing to none of the above, would be if she was running for dog catcher. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I just, I, you, can't, you can't even make this stuff up. It, it's just so unreal. She needs to uh, leave the stage because, uh, you know, I don't care how else she'd want to shake that thing out. It just looks horrible. But uh, the reason I, I called is you were talking about, you know, negotiating with the with the Mexican government on yeah. uh, all these. Yeah. Well, you watched, because I, I know you said you had, watched the 60 Minutes piece about all these Chinese uh, yes. citizens rushing across our border. Right. I would love to be a, a fly on the wall when the Chinese government is negotiating with the Mexican government on the number of people that they're going to take and uh, transport to the U.S. border and how many tons of fentanyl they're going to bring into Mexico and how much money this is going to cost the Chinese to do these two uh, awful things to the United States of America. Because I'll bet you the Mexican government gets goo gobs of money from China to accept all that fentanyl that they're not making and then transport it and all those citizens that they want. Because do you remember in that story? They said that the Chinese government will take none of these people back. None. Yes. Zero. Right. Nada. Yep. I, I don't yep. care if the guy's a, a wanton murderer, uh, you know, or he's just a regular citizen from China. And the reason they don't is because they want as many people as they can filter in. Now, are they all evil? 
Are they all working for the Chinese government? No, but I'll bet you a whole bunch of them are. And, Brad, to make things worse, wasn't it just at the end of the week last week that we had, what was it, the FBI director saying that the Chinese government is going to be, is working on, and they have the capabilities to shut down our electric, shut down our water, shut down our hospitals, and pretty much they got a 51 ratio on hackers uh, that hack and have hacked virtually everything in this country. Right. So, and we, we've know, had recent stories. We've had recent stories, Tom, about uh, Chinese nationals that are in the Navy and have been found stealing secretive information from the Navy and selling it back to China. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Is any of this stuff. And, you know, the, here's where the investigation should lie. And I don't fall 60 minutes because that was a whole other story they could have done. Investigations, find out in Mexico how much money, where it's going, who's all involved, because it's involved all the way up to the top. This is this Mexican government that exists on paper, and then the one that exists that's run by the cartels are yeah. one and the same in some areas. And this is one of those areas. These people are of no good neighbor of ours. I mean, they are rotten to the core, and they mean to destroy the United States also uh, by by doing what by taking all this money from China for fentanyl and all these people. And you know, Brad, honestly, can you imagine the Mexican government not knowing that their Chinese citizens are flying oh, no. into the country? Yeah. Okay, they're no, not they, swimming they've over here. Know. They've got to know. The numbers that I saw, Tom, just floored me. I think it was in 2023 alone, they rounded up 37,000 Chinese nationals at our southern border. That's a a whole... That's a lot of people. (laughs) You're darn right. And even if 1% of them are uh, working for the Chinese government, the communist government in China, well, how many is that? That's a whole lot of people who are here to do us no good deeds. They're here to oh, help yeah. destroy us. And and we got to be – and how much does the, the, the current administration know about this? They have to know. They can't be that ignorant. And then no, to they allow these people – you know – Remember what the guy from uh, Yugoslavia, who actually owned that piece of property, said. You know, when they started coming in and then he fired his gun once, boy, they came out and arrested yeah. him right away. Took his gun, confiscated <laughs> it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. You bet. Still, all these people are coming. You, you it, can't it's, think it's that amazing. the U.S. government isn't aware. You really can't. I mean, that, Tom, that thank, you. I, I, thank you. Thank you. I've got to take a. Got to take a quick break. Thank you very much, Tom. Uh, There's so much more to talk about this morning. We're going to take this first break, and then we'll come back uh, right here on Sound Off on 610 KDAL.
KDAL time, 1227. 60 years ago today, Beatlemania landed in New York City. Wow. I, I think I told you this story, Kenny, but you know, with my first, my first uh, even knowledge that there was anything called the Beatles. What's that? I showed up one day in school at Denfeld. I was a, a, a sophomore, maybe even ninth grader. No, I think I was a sophomore. Anyway... Uh, a lot of the lockers on the main floor had these four heads of hair on them. <laughs> and that's mm. all it was. Was four heads oh, of like hair. Oh, like a profile, I, like an image? Yeah, a like the profile. Image. Yeah. Just the, yeah. Okay, a silhouette. And then underneath silhouette. it, and the, yeah. silhouettes. Yeah. And then underneath it, it just said, The Beatles. And I thought, what the heck is this? Who's Who <laughs> had that, Brad? Do you remember? You know, I'm not sure who was doing it or who put it out, but yeah. somebody got stickers to somebody because they were on probably a hundred different lockers all of a sudden, you know, one night, one day. Wow. So it was subtle engineering. Can we go home and celebrate 60 Let's. years ago? Yeah. Get the old get the old 79 LP or 78 LP out and Man, I have some of those early Beatle albums, too. You still have them? Well, I I should say I had them. Oh, yeah. I have an older son oh, yeah. named Tony. Does Tony have them? seems to love... Yes, he Good. Well, them. I'm glad he's got them, Brad. And I hope he's spinning uh, I them. I hope he's... I hope so, Putting too. them on the uh, turntable and uh, listening to them. Yeah, 60 uh, years ago, I was six and a half. And, you know, you're not thinking much about it, but I know that uh, I remember them being on Ed Sullivan. My mom and dad watched it. and uh, Sure. I, my, my first memory of the Beatles is me wanting to have a Beatle haircut or Beatle boots. <laughs> and my mother said, no, neither. <laughs> I want Beatle boots. Well, I, re- I remember watching that first Ed Sullivan show with the Beatles on it. In my, at that time, girlfriend's home, Ardell Norris. Yeah. Now, she, she's since married and lives out on the East Coast someplace. But uh, we, we sat in her basement watching their TV down there. And we just couldn't believe it that this was really happening in America, that this was, this was a band out of England. It was really something. Well, anyway. So... You know, yesterday, Kenny, we talked about the fact that you got to pay attention to what's going on. We've got here in Duluth, we've got the uh, education department, ISD 709, saying we'd like, uh, what do they want? Is it 50 million total or 5 million a year for the next 10 years for technology, to develop technology? Well, I happen to be cruising through the paper this morning and I'm looking for stuff. And lo and behold, here's a story out of St. Paul. The teachers' union is uh, has now uh, gotten together. The we, the union heads, anyway, have taken the first step towards going on strike as contract negotiations continue with the district. And uh, you know, we're at that point. I got to do CBS News, but when we come back from CBS News, I want to tell you some of the things that they're looking for in this contract. And we always know that they're looking for money and health insurance, uh, you know, this and that and the other thing. But you would be amazed at some of the other things they're looking at. And we'll talk about them when we come back after CBS. I I Hmm? can't wait to hear it, Brad. But if I could ask you one simple question about what is uh, 
uh, on the uh, about to happen here in Duluth, where they're going to have a special election in May right. versus right. November for the school board referendum. A waste of money. Why, Brad? Why May versus November? When, if it passes, when does this start? Well, the reason for May instead of November is because they know that there will be a large turnout of people in November because it's a presidential election. And the school district always does better on their referendum votes when only a few people show up. Because it's usually the few that they have convinced to support a, a referendum. So if they've got, if they get the word out to their little cliques of people, their groups that are supporting the district, that will give them support no matter what, and those people show up, you know, Kenny, if you get 60% of the vote from 1,000 people, that's not nearly as... as uh, uh, as st- uh, outstanding or as earth-shattering as if you got 60% of 40,000 that showed up to to vote for a, a, a presidential election. The more people that show up, the less likely these referendums pass. So they want to put this on a special election where they can get the people that they want to vote yes out to vote. Well, a couple of things, Brad. It's going to cost the admit the uh, school district a hundred thousand dollars to oh, have yeah. this special election basically tax the school money. not the school district kenny no. it's going to cost you and i exactly it's going to cost the voters yes a hundred thousand so that's going to limit their resources i think to some degree they're taking a hundred thousand dollars just to have a special vote where they could simply yeah. wait put it on the v- ballot in november and now they're a hundred k in the hole um, if they do it in May. But if it passes in May, Brad, when does it start? When does the money start flowing the 5.2 for the first year? Do you know? Or is fairly, that... fairly soon. I think it would start probably in the in the fall, in September, when school yeah. kicks up again, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm not a fan of it right now. I'm, convince me. Someone's going to have no. to convince me on this one. Yeah, and and I still want to hear, like we talked about yesterday, I still want to hear the benchmarks of achievement that you're going to check on to see whether this money is being, I almost said a bad word, urinated down the stream or whether it's actually doing some educational good. That's that's what I want to see, benchmarks. <laughs> yeah, from school, right. Anyway, let's do our CBS News break. KDAL time is 1237. Let's go to Canal Park, uh, Army Corps of Engineers, 36 degrees. Now, the winds are kicking pretty good, Brad, out of the northeast at about 12 knots. So we're looking at about 14 miles an hour, and that is uh, of concern because there is a small craft advisory, and with the open waters of Lake Superior, boaters should be aware, mariners should be aware, that there is a small craft advisory now in effect until, uh, well, past midnight tonight. So if you're going to be on the big lake, be very careful. You shouldn't anyway. Uh, What did Russ say this morning? Two tents he saw out there this morning? That's all? Yeah, be careful. You know, think of what you're risking your life for. A fish. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, you know, so, yeah. 
So we have uh, on the phone with us right now, we have the guy that can keep you warm in the winter and cool in the summer and your your house breathable all year round. We've got Justin from AirServe. Justin, how you doing? Well, I'm doing great, my friend, and I'm just getting done with a training that was put on at the office. So some of those executives from our steel down in Plymouth, where we get our Bryant products from, they come up periodically to do some trainings with us. And I'll tell you what I walked away from the training with this morning is when you start really looking at even a, even a very uh, deluxe system for your house, when you start incorporating these tax credits and these rebates and different things, it is such in this current climate that we're in where you're actually spending less money on buying the higher-end equipment that also is a lot easier on the utility bills. You have to look at your net out-of-pocket expense after rebates and tax credits and everything that is rolled in. It's such now that you can buy the higher-end equipment and actually spend less money than the average thing. Is that right? So because of the rebates and incentives, you can actually buy better equipment than you would have with the same amount of money you know, just buying a less inferior. Yeah. So I I go into the average, you know, 16 to 1800 square foot home in Duluth. They're going to be looking at a 60,000 BTU two-stage furnace, something with a high fire, low fire. It's going to have a variable speed fan system on it. It'll be 96.6% efficient. Then we're going to pair that up with a Bryant crossover heat pump condenser. So this is a a horizontal discharge condenser, one that's skinny and rectangular, not the big cube with the fan that on the top, but something thinner, a little bit lower profile. That's going on on the outside of the house. Now what that system is doing is I got 24,000 heating BTUs of capacity in that machine. So now I've taken my two-stage furnace and I've made it a three-stage furnace because that heat pump is going to kick in and do all of the work when the load is lower than what low fire is going to be on that furnace. Now we got a $2,000 federal income tax credit. I got a $1,000 rebate from Minnesota Power. I could have a $600 Ooh. rebate on the furnace. We got maybe anywhere from two dollars to $400 coming from a utility provider, whether it's uh, Minnesota Energy Resources, Comfort Systems, the Propane Association. And when you roll that stuff into that higher end of equipment, you look at your net out-of-pocket expense, and it's either neck and neck with the average equipment or maybe even a little bit less. And so if you can kind of kind of float that dollar amount. In other words, some of this money doesn't come in until later on when you do your taxes and other such things, but it actually makes more sense to buy the higher end equipment now than it does to buy something that's average. Absolutely. And I would much rather have a good, dependable, quality, Bryant, high efficiency system in my home than just a middle of the road XYZ company. That's for sure. And of course, Brian's motto, as we've talked about before, is whatever it takes. So whatever it takes to formulate that equipment, get that equipment certified, get us trained in on how to make sure that we're putting in the right package of systems in that home. We don't want to oversize or undersize things. You always remember that things are the most efficient when they are appropriately sized, installed, and designed for the tasks that they need to accomplish. That's what they concentrate on. And so the education that we come armed with as technicians and designers into somebody's home, I don't think that that can be matched or beat anywhere in the Twin Ports. Well, listen, Justin, you've just given us some great reasons to look to to AirServe. If we want to get you out to our home to talk about these great uh, incentives and rebates and how we can get a good quality Bryant system in, how do we get a hold of you at AirServe? Well, your listeners pick up a phone and dial an easy telephone number, 218-879-SERV, S-E-R-V, at our website available 247airserve.com. 
A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. As always, Justin from AirServe, the guy that knows a lot about air heating, uh, cooling, and the air we breathe right here in the Northland. Well, Kenny, uh, before we run into the Minnesota news break, let me just give you a couple of highlights from this teacher's union thing. Now, number one, they want money. They always do. Teachers, uh, you never hear them talk much about what we're going to do for the students. We want uh, we want money. Uh, so they've had a number of mediation sessions. Uh, the St. Paul Public Schools estimate request from the teachers' union could top $112 million. That's what they want. They want to negotiate a new two-year contract. The other one had expired last June, so they're working off the old one right now. Now, they've only allocated $12.4 million in additional funding. So what they're looking at, the early union proposal included a $7,500 pay bump for all teachers and community service personnel in the district, as well as 7.5% raise in the second year. They're also asking for a $5.43 an hour raise for educational assistance, followed by a 7.5% raise in the second year. But then, but then here comes the mumbo-jumbo that you hear in this stuff. Besides wage increases and insurance policy changes, and they don't tell you how much the insurance policy changes are going are gonna to give you, but believe me, I negotiated contracts with the ISD 709 Teachers Union for part of my 12 years, and they have Cadillac insurance policies. Teachers want more funding for student mental health, support services, and more support for, and I'm going to have ask you to explain this one to me, Kenny. They want more money for support for restorative practices. You want to take a shot at what that one would be? Yes, that's, restorative pr- yes, that's practicing for when you play the game of restorative. You've got to have practice for restorative. And restorative is that new sport, uh, right? Right? Huh? Boy, you are so full of BS. Oh. <laughs> well, let's... let's... I, 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 I have no idea what that is. Well, I... Do. I mean, restorative practices. Yeah. Restorative practices include ways of creating community that well, honors. Well, they do talk about that. Listen, this they, they, honors yeah. the importance of relationships amongst all members in the community, as well as practices to repair relationships when harm has been caused. Boy, you are you sure you don't work for the district part? Restorative practices, Brad, or RP, address the needs of all people impacted by the harm. Oh God! So it goes on to say here, after they give you that mumbo jumbo, a shift away from traditional discipline like suspension, and moving towards an emphasis. On community building. Just open up the textbooks. Learn the ABCs. Learn the proper... uh, Learn uh, mathematics. 
do some civics teaching while you're yeah. at it, you know. But wouldn't it Learn be nice, Brad? Learn how to Brad, do if... fractions and divide, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. This, it, but they go on to say the union leaders say, "Oh, wait, the district shouldn't have any money finding this finding uh, shouldn't have any problem finding this money that we want because the state of Minnesota gave them fifty six million an increase in state funding tied to inflation." So see. When they got that last year in the legislative session, you know, and of course, Governor Walls is a former teacher and he loves the teachers union and because they give him lots of money for reelection. That money will all go towards their raises. Then they go on to say uh, in November, the initial gap between the district and union positions uh, was already much wider than it had been during the 2022 uh, period. But they go on to say right now that, look, uh, we are in a deficit. This is just St. Paul now. This is not statewide. This is just the District of St. Paul. They have a deficit of $107.7 million. The February budget estimate put the district's deficit at $107.7 million in the um, upcoming fiscal year. And yet these guys, this union is demanding wage increases that could top out at $112 million when they're $107 million in deficit. You see, see where there's going to be an issue here? And the district says, look, it's time to prioritize the most important proposals and reach an agreement that values our employees while staying within our budget parameter. Meaning we may have to lay off teachers. In fact, in 2022, uh, they had around 4,000 teachers and non-licensed education staff came close to going on strike. So... I I don't know what's going to end up uh, push come to shove on this one, but with a deficit of 107 million and with them wanting, oh, and by the way, teachers want you to believe they're poppers, that they're working for just because they love the profession. Well, in St. Paul, the average teacher salary is $87,250, average, according to data from the Minnesota Professional Educator. Plus, you add on to that another maybe fifteen, twenty thousand worth of health insurance, plus that seven thousand five hundred dollar bonus. You're looking at some real money here. And nowhere in this contract proposal does it say, "Oh, and by the way, we're because you're going to give us this all this money, we're going to guarantee you that we're going to set up parameters of the." educational growth that we're going to show your students. No, it doesn't talk about that at all. Nowhere. We are being hoodwinked. Listen, we got to go to Minnesota News. We'll be back shortly. Well, now, wait a second. I thought you were going to tie this into the story I sent you. And uh, as long as I've got it up here, Brad, that uh, uh, House Minority Leader uh, Lisa Damoth uh, for the Republican yes. from Cold Spring, uh, she issued the following statement regarding a report 
that showed state agency commissioners have received significant pay increases. And this is after Democrats voted last year to increase their salaries. Seven commissioners now have salaries that top a whopping $187,000. I, I don't know, Brad. I mean, the state blew $18 billion or $17.5 on this uh, surplus. They raised taxes by $10 billion uh, so they could build a $730 million office building for themselves and reward their own with huge pay increases. Um I, I don't know, Brad. I, I just th- these pay increases kind of put the interest over the regular people in this state, the hardworking taxpayers. It's just uh, it never stops. It just never stops. I'm I'm telling you, I'm going to give you one tip right now, Northlanders. You only have one shot at some normalization this year. And that's that when the election happens this November, elect yourself some more Republican senators and congressmen in the Senate, uh, local representatives, local uh, district and uh, state of Minnesota elected officials, so that we can get back to split government, which didn't take every dime we have like this last session did. And didn't live up to their promises, Brad. Remember, Governor Wall said he promised Minnesotans a $2,000 rebate check. That didn't happen. Yeah, promises, um, promises. And these <laughs> these Democrats are putting their own interest over uh, Minnesota's interest. Uh, these um, six-figure salaries for some of these commissioners saw massive pay increases to the tune of as much as $32,000. Wow, what a pay raise. And now, what why? kind of commissioner, Kenny, what yeah. kind of commissioner working for the state of Minnesota uh, can be worth $187,000? Brad, you got the Minnesota Department of Health. you got the uh, Secretary of State in those offices. Uh, there's a lot there, Brad. And, you know, inflation is crushing us because of Bidenomics. And, but... The people of Minnesota, we we don't get anything of this. The two thousand oh, dollar rebate check that would have helped a lot of us to some degree eh, fell by the wayside. Yep, but you did get two hundred and fifty bucks or two hundred and sixty bucks, and now you're five twenty taxes on it with the federal government. Five twenty for married couples. Okay. There you go. Oh, anyway, we'll be right back after Minnesota news. KDAL time, 1256, 36 degrees in Canal Park. And, Brad, we do have Chris Dahlberg on the phone. Chris Dahlberg, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I know we're at the top of the hour, so here's the uh, the thought out for your listeners. Minnesota, okay. power, Minnesota power lease land, Minnesota power lease land, Minnesota power lease land. So now I got their attention. So... If you're out there and you've been leasing a cabin, you know, they got the Shoreland program with Minnesota Power. You've been right. leasing a cabin. A lot of the people are going to be able to buy them, and some might have them leased for a while. We do estate planning, and we address those lease uh, properties. So there's things that we can do. We could put it into a trust, even if it's a lease, or if you're going to be buying it, you might want to think about it to the kids. You say, how do we pass this on? So. Remember that, listeners, Dahlberg Law Office, 218-722-5809 for state planning. But think Minnesota Power Shoreland Lease uh, Program, because we can help in that area. Excellent. So you can help kind of set that up and make sure that uh, they've uh, got control and that uh, they've got use of that property once they buy it. 
Exactly. And, and even if it's in a process where they're going to lease it, and maybe they have an option, they still don't have to exercise it for a time, they might want to still put that leasehold interest into the trust. There's ways of doing that, but they're very specific for listeners, and there's a yes. process that they require down there. But we can help people. Super. All right. Well, Chris right. Dahlberg, what's the phone number over there at the Dahlberg Law Firm? 218-722-5809. Again, 218-722-5809. And you can also shoot us a message at that World Wide Web, DahlbergLaw.com. There you go, folks. Located in Duluth, Minnesota, but covering both Wisconsin and Minnesota for a lot of your needs, especially with wills and probates and things like that. I say, I've got to ask anyway, Chris Dahlberg. Oh, I think he's gone there. Um, looking yeah. out the uh, window, the uh, KDAL studio here, uh, we're seeing some white caps on the big lake. It's been a while, Brad. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. Surfing USA. Let's see. What do we got? Now, Let's go to Sky Harbor real quick. Get an update. Uh, wind speed northeast at 20. Woo-hoo. Surf's up. That's picking up a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. But wait a minute, is the wind blowing towards the east? Uh, northeast. It's blowing out of northeast. the northeast. It's blowing out of okay. the northeast. So off of the oh, lake onto land. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, folks, we, uh, we've uh, blown hour number two out the window, but we've got another hour to come. And, man, I'm telling you, I got a whole bunch of stuff to get into when we come back. So please let us know what you're thinking about issues. And we'll be back shortly. Get yourself a cup of coffee and join us on Sound Off here on 610 KDAL.